Welcome to the Man Cave Football Podcast. My name is Dan Casper. I'm a sports radio host with a love and dedication for sports. But my passion is football, the greatest game in the world. And that's why I created the Man Cave Football Podcast. Why call it the Man Cave, though? Because the Man Cave is a place for everyone to come together, hang out, and talk ball. There will be some banter and debate amongst friends and colleagues, analysis, predictions, commentary, interviews, and talk of football history. But also, some fun and entertaining conversations. Thank you for stopping by the Man Cave, but let's get this episode going. Cue the music. Welcome, welcome. It is another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always, as we are one week into the NFL playoff season, super wild card weekend in the books. Now we're uh, start getting ready to start the divisional round of the playoffs. So, uh, weird. It's kind of like a drinking game, but uh, I'm about to tell you, kind of tinkering with the podcast here a little bit. Gonna try to, I want to. One of my goals with this, uh, with, with the podcast, I not only do I want it to be informative and and kind of showcase uh, some analysis and and all that good stuff, but I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be fun. I want it to be a laid back, fun, entertaining, uh, but knowledgeable football podcast. So. I, I, I'm tinkering with with adding some other stuff to it. So, but for all of you listeners out there that are listening right now, if you have ideas, just just shoot me a tweet, okay? Or shoot me a tweet. Find me on Twitter at Dan Casper D A N K A S P E R. Um, Facebook Facebook page Dan Casper. You know, just I'm looking for. I'm open for some ideas. I'm open for some just uh, su- uh, some suggestions. Spit it out, Dan. But that's that's the goal of this podcast. That's I mean, you know, man cave. That's that's what's in the name, right? It's it's the area where you kind of just hang out with your friends, talk some shop, talk some ball, sound smart and doing it, but you're having some fun. So uh we're gonna be talking with uh Chance Dickman and Neil Abair momentarily for a little well then. Um it's kind of a new rephrasing the uh uh, rephrasing the name of that segment there, if you will. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple of other things, too, called uh, Professor Football Dick. Um, that's kind of, I was trying to think of a combination of where we could do, like, some film analysis, uh, some history, or some, like, conspiracy theory sort of thing, or some, like, uh, some other fun stuff like that. And that's kind of the topic, or that's kind of the name of the segment, because one professor is, like, a teacher and all that sort of stuff. Uh, football dick, it's like a detective, you know, like Dick Tracy and all that. So uh, we're going to be taking a look at the, the coaching carousel and maybe trying to put on our uh, detective hats, if you will, when it comes to the when it comes to that segment. So we're going to be looking at uh, the current openings right now and watch as soon as we upload this podcast, there will be a head coaching job filled or something like that because that will be our luck. But we'll take a look at that. Uh, then the, the another segment we got coming up, I'm going to call it the Pacino. For anybody who's watched any given Sunday, and then that speech that he does in a locker room—that's that's, that's kind of what it's named after. You'll have to you'll have to see what it is, but it's kind of like my commentary, what we called it, like the the hard count, if you will. So other good stuff uh, on the docket as well coming up in this uh, in this podcast. But let's get at her with uh, with the opening segment, pitter patter. Let's get at her. So opening weekend, we saw wild card weekend. Uh, I should say last weekend it was the opening weekend of the NFL playoffs. That's the better way of phrasing it. Uh, where we saw the the Rams moving on, we saw the Browns 
potentially with the biggest upset over the weekend, considering when you factor in everything that they had to go through with with no head coach and, and some players out uh, with COVID-19. We saw the Buffalo Bills taking out the Titans. Uh, excuse me, the, the Buffalo Bills taking out the Colts, and then the, then the Baltimore Ravens taking out the Titans, and then the New Orleans Saints uh, taking out the, the Chicago Bears. So it's setting up for a divisional round where we're seeing games of the Rams versus the Packers. Uh, we've got the Saints going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay also taking out Washington this past uh, this past weekend. Uh, then we've got the Chiefs taking on the Browns. And then the Ravens versus the Bills. Now, we'll do some picks uh, coming up later on. And that's the other thing, too, with, with this podcast. We might be kind of doing like two-a-days. Uh, one of my goals is going to try to do this podcast two days a week to, to split up some of the context. I know we get to about like 40 minutes, 50 minutes, heck, even an hour sometimes because we just can't shut up. So we're going to try to split it up into two days here for a little bit. So, uh, but you know, just kind of recapping wild card weekend here. What stood out to me for for wild card weekend? I don't know if, uh, if if a whole lot did. I mean, the easy thing would be that you know the Browns getting with a big win. Hey, I I wanted to pick the Browns at the beginning of everything. I really did, but I I. I didn't think that they would be able to overcome everything that was going on with COVID with, with their coach and some of the players going on. So kudos to them. Huge kudos to them. Uh, that They they were the biggest winners, I, I think. And not only just winning that game for the first time since Bill Belichick, but taking out the Pittsburgh Steelers at it too. And, you know, maybe that's the other part in this whole weekend is like Pittsburgh started off the season 11-0 and for cry eye. I was never that high on Pittsburgh. There was just something about it that, I couldn't get on the Pittsburgh bandwagon. They finished the regular season after starting 11 and 0, 1 and 4. And now uh, an exit in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you talk about just a, a complete turnaround, a complete downfall to that team. It, it, it's it's remarkable. Um maybe they were just a little overrated and but they they had good wins in the season too. That that was a frustrating thing. Maybe they hit their peak too early, and you know you talk about hitting your peak too early and going into the playoffs with some momentum on, on a high note. Well, that that wasn't Pittsburgh. Now they've got an interesting off season. Is is Ben Roethlisberger going to be back? If he is back, I mean, because you know everybody talks about hey you can you could sign people, you can figure it out with the salary cap and all that. You can, but it, it, eventually it's going to bite you in the butt. And that's where Pittsburgh's going to be right now because right uh right now Ben Roethlisberger if he's on a team next year, it's over a 40 million dollar cap hit. They release him, it's still over 20 million dollars, just a little over 20 million dollars. Big chunk, but I mean, you're talking about if you move on from him, you're nearly saving 20 million dollars. And I don't think they got their their future starter on their team right now. So they've got some uh, decisions to make, right? Uh, some of the other games, uh, Buffalo squeaking by with the Colts. And this is, I, I think, to me, the game of the weekend. Because you've got Baltimore versus the Bills. Two young quarterbacks, potentially the you know when you add in Patrick Mahomes, uh, two of the t- top young quarterbacks were, you know, the game's in good hands, as they like to say, right? The game is going to be in good hands with these players. And everybody's going to be paying attention to the quarterbacks. And these are kind of polar opposite defenses. you got Josh Allen in that passing game, Lamar Jackson in, in the running game. I think this is the best game of the weekend. And, and Buffalo was heading into the playoffs as, 
I think the hottest team, right? Hottest team in the playoffs. But this is, it's got me double thinking about who I'm going to pick in this game. I'll just say that. And then you got the the Browns versus uh, the Chiefs in the John Dorsey Bowl, former general manager for both these teams who uh, was a had a big hand in drafting and acquiring all the talent that they got on these teams right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what if the Browns offense. I, I know there are some people saying, well, the Browns could potentially give the, the Chiefs some fits. And you know, the Chiefs didn't really go into the playoffs on the hottest of notes either. Could they be one of those teams that yeah, they won games, but they weren't really dominating and all that? Will, will that catch up to them, or were they just kind of coasting to get to the playoffs? We'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. But uh, then on the NFC side of things, you got to get a matchup for the third time this year between Drew Brees and Tom Brady. NFC South battle between the Saints and the Buccaneers. This is going to be in New Orleans. I think this is going to be a better game than the last time that we saw Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady go at each other where the Saints just absolutely dominated them. But a uh, trip for the NFC Championships on the line for one of these guys. And then, you, potentially, if Green Bay can get by the Rams, you're going to see, you know, if, if Green Bay gets by the Rams, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady or Drew Brees. You know, that, that's going to set up for a pretty epic NFC Championship weekend. And speaking of Green Bay versus uh, Green Bay versus the the Rams, I'm looking at Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. I don't know if you've got a better matchup that we've seen in the NFL this year in terms of wide receiver versus corner. Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams. And then the Packers uh, will have to deal with Aaron Donald. I know he's a little bit banged up, but he's still Aaron Donald. And Green Bay... Going up uh, against uh, going up against him without David Bakhtiari too, gonna feel the effects of that. But that's the number one scoring defense with the Rams going up against the number one scoring offense in the Packers. But I guess you know now that we kind of looked at all all those games coming up here, looking back at the weekend, I don't know if anybody really like like really solidified them as like that team is gonna go to the Super Bowl for sure. I know a lot of people were high on Baltimore; they thought Baltimore was the best team over the weekend and. Uh, I'd, I'd probably agree to an extent. I mean, they're you know, but Cleveland's going to be the talk of everybody. But I guess if I had to pick the best team that I saw all weekend, yeah, it'd be between Baltimore and 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 maybe even um, maybe even Buffalo. I mean, you had the Saints in there too, but that was against Chicago, you know. So I don't know how much to to kind of you know relate to that how much do you factor that into the equation so well we'll find out but this is going to be an epic divisional weekend this is going to be good matchups good matchups all across the board i like these matchups these are going to be some some dang good football games right i'm looking forward to another epic football weekend all right let's get to it let's do a little well then well then we've got chance dickman neil abair back for another uh segment on the on the podcast uh boys did you have a good holiday break first off good holiday break yeah yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Quiet as quiet as quiet can be, I suppose, during the pandemic. But yeah, pretty good. Awesome, good to hear. Hey, I've got two questions for you guys. Uh, I got two questions. We'll start with. We'll go in order since uh, Neil is at golfing, so we don't get screwed up. So we'll go Chance first, and and Neil second uh, on this thing. Two questions for you. One, I'm gonna actually start off in the college ranks before we get to a little uh, football playoffs. So Alabama dominated Ohio State last night. Uh, for for the national championship, and I actually had a, a couple listeners send this to me as a question, and I'm curious to to get your guys' thoughts on this. Does Alabama make college football boring to you guys when you watch it? Chance, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, that's kind of kind of an interesting question because I'll, I'll always love college football because I don't think it's a boring game, but boring in the in the sense that at the end of the year, um, <laughs> you you know Alabama has has been one and will probably be for the future one of those teams that um, will be playing for a college football championship or and then winning it. In that sense, yeah, it's it's really tough to continue going into each year especially being a Badgers fan or a big 10 fan or just a college football fan, knowing at the end of the year, it's, it's more or less going to be Alabama. Um, and so in that regard, yeah, it, it's the par- the lack of parity in college football is really, really tough um, because the last, however many years now, four, four or five years, it's been Alabama, it's been Clemson. Um, and then a, a mixture of Ohio state, Oklahoma, and then somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that, in that regard, yeah, I, I would say it, it's, it's boring for that fact because you want, you'd love to see some parody um, in, in going into a year where, uh, you know, college basketball always has like that one really, really good team. Like this year it's Gonzaga or um, they, they may not win because the tournament style mm-hmm. and, and because there's a lot more parody in college basketball, whereas football going into a year, you, you probably are, are pretty good at guessing who are, who are going to be the top two three four teams and generally alabama is going to be your number one every year so yeah i would say long-winded answer no you're good neil yeah i I mean it's it's really tough when you talk about who wins every single year just like chance said alabama clemson you know you got your your what your big 12 teams that are there every single time oklahoma you know i mean there's no parity right now you look at the big 10 Ohio State. Yeah, Trey Sermon got hurt early in that one. What, the first drive? Yeah, that made a little bit of a difference, but just the discrepancy between how good Alabama is, just because, I mean, how many of those guys are going to go play pro ball? And how many of those guys are going to be stars at the professional level? So it's just until recruiting starts to even out and all the top players don't go to Clemson, don't go to Alabama, don't go to Oklahoma, there's going to be no parody in, in college football. Is it boring? No, because those guys are athletes. Is it boring to watch your team play them? Yes, because you're going to get rocked every yeah. single time. So, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Is it making it, it boring? No. Is it, isn't it wild, though, that and, – and, and you make up a great point and a great question, I guess. Like, when will other – player or when will players start going to other teams and or when will those top teams not get all those top recruits but every year they're getting recruit after recruit meaning that their first team is loaded their second team is loaded and even when you bring in their third and four strings those are still four and five star and and three and a half star three star recruits you know the best player the best players in in all of their uh all of their their cities or their counties or their states even and so, yeah, when will that happen? I don't know because, you know, at, at the end of the year, when you want to play and, and win a national championship, uh, it's, it's such an interesting debate and topic. Yeah, I mean, uh, you talk about Alabama, how deep they are, Chance. Was that picture like last week where they had like the wide receivers? Was it Jerry Judy, Jerry uh, Ruggs, and then you had Smith who just won the Heisman? I mean, they had all those guys on one damn roster. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, yep. just give us uh-huh. one in Wisconsin for crying out loud. Well, and right. Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Waddle too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. It's just, oh my goodness. But yeah, you're right. I, 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 I think there's some people like, well, how do you fix it? I don't think you fix it. I think it's just as simple as it is what it is. And 
kind of what Neil was saying until those recruits start going elsewhere. It's you can't like take away or limit like well you can only have a certain amount of five stars. Well then it becomes like well what 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 determines a five star athlete? You, you exactly. Know, I mean, there's so many different yeah. sources out there. So it becomes so you, subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does. So you talk about how Wisconsin. Think about how good Graham Mertz was supposed to be. I mean, yeah, he may be good, but he didn't play his freshman year, right? All these guys at Alabama and Clemson, they're all playing as freshmen, and they're all stars. <laughs> you see any guys at Wisconsin, other than maybe Jonathan Taylor, who's a freak of nature at, in the NFL level, how many of these guys are actually stepping up and being like, wow, he's a star? How many? Not many. So, yeah, until until the recruiting process changes or people stop going to play for Dabo Sweeney and – Nick Saban, how's it going to change? Lincoln Riley is going to get his team. They're going to be elite in the next two years. So it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's rough. I agree. Uh, now we got the, we got the playoffs uh, in, in the NFL going, guys. Wild card weekend was this past weekend. Super wild card weekend. Kind of a, a two-part question for you guys. We'll let you get out of here. Did anything jump out to you last weekend in terms of who won, who lost? And looking ahead to, to this weekend, what do you think is the best game? Is it is it Rams, number one scoring defense, going up against the number one scoring offense in Green Bay? Is it Baltimore going going up against Buffalo? It seems like a lot of people are talking about, hey, that's that's a tough matchup for Buffalo. They got to go up against uh, the Ravens. Uh, what what stood out to you last weekend, and what's what's kind of the game that you're watching this weekend? Well, because it now affects you know the Packers. I think the takeaway of how how the Rams have played so well defensively against Russell Wilson this year in three of those games. And then now in the playoffs, knocking Wilson out, especially knowing that they're shorthanded on offense with golf being, you know, sub 100% with that thumb. Um, And they're kind of focusing just on the run game, right on offense. So that defense having to control Wilson and DK and all those weapons that that's, that was my biggest takeaway is, well, what, what will that team now do coming to green Bay, colder environment, um, where they know that there's a lot of weapons and healthy weapons mm-hmm. on that green Bay offense. It, it, that is the matchup, right? That is the matchup that I think of takes most importance, especially for our viewership. Um, and then, you know, the, the one other thing too, and this is, this sound, this is not a knock, but the Lamar Jackson argument still bothers me a little bit because I know he plays quarterback and I know quarterback can be played so many different ways. But a lot of people like to question, well, is Lamar Jackson an elite-level quarterback? I I know he can run, and that makes him an elite athlete on the field and an elite player. But when he comes up against maybe a really tough defense, who, who knows how that game's going to play out when mm-hmm. they force him to throw the ball? Because as, as we found out as Packer fans watching the Titans try to stop the Packers in the snow, well, they weren't having it, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that was my one takeaway is I continue to to wrap this like question around my mind is is Lamar Jackson elite? I don't know why that sticks out out of all the things that are bound to happen this week. I just I just wonder is he is he too one dimensional? But all of a sudden it works. So is there a lot of hype on Baltimore just because he had one really big game now again running in the playoffs? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the mainstream. Everybody's talking about, oh, the Browns are going to get clapped next week. Well, I mean, they didn't look like a playoff team, even though they won. I don't want to say handily, but the Steelers spotted them 28 points, and they squeaked out of that game. So the Browns are going to get clapped. 
Um, and if you look at the Packers <laughs> matchup, <laughs> try, trying to be as blunt as I can. Uh, okay, Chase, if you look at Chase the, Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to look at the Packers matchup, I think, I mean, they just, they match up so well on the offensive side. I mean, yeah, I don't care who's on the defensive side of the football. Jalen Ramsey's a really good player, but Devontae Adams is a 99 on Madden for, <laughs> for real. So um, get Bruno out of here, Chance. Uh, we're trying to talk football here. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think the Packers match up the best against any of these teams other than the Chiefs. I mean, we've talked about it all, all fall here that the Chiefs and the Packers are by far the two best teams in the league. I want to see that this weekend with the Packers and the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are a really good defensive team, but coming into Lambo, <laughs> I don't know, man. With I don't want to be too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't want to be too overly confident about it, but this is the most confident I've felt in a Packers playoff team. In years and years and yeah I mean I lived through one Super Bowl I didn't live through the I mean I lived in the 90s but I wasn't old enough to know really what was going on so Aaron Rodgers man he's just got to get the job done if they can hold on to the football don't turn it over they'll be fine they'll be just fine is it going to be a low scoring game Dan like would you expect it to be a low scoring game since you know the Rams are I mean golf I guess another week of of hopeful rest uh, for that thumb but I mean they were still thinking like, oh, what's going to happen to Wofford if he comes back? Is he going to start? I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any chance in the world that he starts, whether <laughs> whether he's well, whether Wofford's healthy or not. Right. Um, you got to put your best gun in in the in the holster, and so you know. But with him still not being 100 percent with that thumb, do they still rely on the run game? Do the Packers stack the box a little bit since Goff has been kind of inaccurate over the season? And I don't know, man. It's it could be a defensive juggernaut. But yeah, you'd think that offense number one in the league and they've only been stopped really once this year, maybe mm-hmm. twice, three times that were, they're a little bit slower than, than what you'd expect. Uh, man, it, it could be a good game, but you'd would think you, it'd favor the pack. Yeah. Would you say like 20 something might be low scoring for, for green Bay? I mean, considering what we we've seen so far for them oh, this year, I, I just, them, would, yeah, I Go just wonder, oh, I was just, I just wondered, do you play similar to how you played against Tennessee uh, a little bit? With, with the run game and then in the passing game. I mean, you got Jair who's going to shut down one side. The The key in the secondary might be Kevin King. If he, whoever he's going to be matched up against, if it's Robert Woods or Cooper cup or, or Reynolds or whatever. Right. And Cooper cup got hurt mm-hmm. in that game. So who knows if he's going to be playing hundred percent or plays at all. I'm sure. Yeah. Unless it's something crazy, you know, they're going to find a way to get out there like Aaron Donald with the rib, the yeah. chest injury. I'm sure he's going to find a way to get out there. You know the guys are going to lay it all on the line now. But when you're not 100%, you're not 100%. And as Aaron Rodgers always says, nobody at this level is 100% in the game, mm-hmm. you know, this late in the game. But when you look at a Packers team who has always seemed like they've had scuffles and, and, and setbacks with injuries going into the playoffs, this is, this is as high of hopes as you can have for, for some time. But you never know. Yeah. As you guys always tell me, you never know. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. <laughs> How about this real quick? So we, you talk about Aaron Donald, and maybe he's not 100%, but he is, by and large, the best defensive player in football. There's no question about that. But you have him going up against what? Is he the top center in football, right? I mean, Corey Lindsley. All pro. He's an all-pro, yep, yeah, all Corey pro. Lindsley. Exactly. So, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a matchup, I think. And if you look at the – if you're missing, I think – in this game, if you're missing Corey Lindsley rather than David Bakhtiari, we're looking at this totally different. I get that the Packers have done an outstanding job with their offensive line and how they've gone about 
switching things around with injuries and, and with David Bakhtiari being out. And then Elton Jenkins is just basically, I mean, he is a rover. He can do whatever you, you want him to do, which is unbelievably valuable in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think the, the matchup of the day is going to be, can the Packers run the football? Can they, can they get first downs? You know, can they get uh, big chunks of yard on first down? That's going to be, I think, the biggest thing, um, mm-hmm. especially that matchup in the middle between El- uh, not Elton Jenkins, um, Corey Lindsley and uh, Aaron Donald. I think that might be the matchup. I agree, but I, I think winning that first down is going to be huge for for this team uh, in this game. So, hi, Bud. Yeah, we got the little guy. Hudson thinks so too. <laughs> goldfish are all gone. All right, I got to fill up the goldfish for for the guy over here. So, uh, Neil, you have fun golfing, Chance. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Both of you talking with you guys. Uh, appreciate the time, and let's do it again next week. I bet you. We're going to end the first part of the Man Cave Football Podcast uh, for this week. Remember, we're going to we're going to do two a days moving on now, especially with the with the playoffs going and and uh, and all that good stuff. But uh, we're going to kind of do some two a days. So we're going to wrap up the first uh, first part, first edition, whatever you want to call it. You know what I meant with the, with another new segment called Professor Football Dick. Okay, so this is I was trying to think of something that. Uh, that could encompass, you know, a little film session, whether it's actually like looking at real film or movie film, or, you know, like that thing I want to do, watching some football movies and, and assessing some of the play, especially the quarterback play, uh, or doing like a little history nugget or, or just kind of do some like conspiracy theory or prediction sort of thing. Just try to combine it into one Well, professor football Dick does that professor, you know, you got your knowledgeable aspect, your, your if you will. And then the deck, like 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 detective, like Dick Tracy. So we're combining it into one. So for this segment of Professor Football Dick, I'm going to try to put my detective hat on, if you will, and try to solve a mystery of matching up these these coaching openings, these head coach openings uh, across the NFL. And we got a new one as of late with the Eagles uh, moving on from from Doug Peterson. So. Let's uh, let's take a look at uh, them. I'm going to start off with the Jets. Uh, the latest out there is Robert Sala is coming in for a uh, for a second interview, and I I think that's where it's going to go. Uh, I'm a little surprised with this one. I, I don't I didn't know if he'd be interested in this because it seems like he could almost have the the you know choose his own job if if you will. But it seems like all the the signs are pointing there. He's going to have uh, a bunch of cap space uh, to work with with Joe Douglas, the general manager over there. Um, so I wonder if he's going to bring in, you know, depending on what they do with that quarterback position, whether it's going to be Sam Sam Darnold, they keep him, and then you know draft uh, maybe draft a wide receiver like uh, like Devontae Smith uh, for, from Alabama, or if they're going to go Justin Fields or somebody else in the draft. I don't know, but I feel like that is going to be a match there, and then he brings in one of those uh, 49ers assistants like a Mike Lafleur or McDaniel. Uh, to be the offensive coordinator over there with the Jets. So I feel like Robert Sala is going to be the New York Jets' uh, uh, new head coach. That's my prediction over there. For the Detroit Lions, this one is this one's a little tough because, it, it's for one, it's been fairly quiet. Uh, you don't know who the general manager is going to be. So if, if that factors into it at all, and, and it's – you got the quarterback too. With are you going to keep Matthew Stafford? Are you not going to keep Matthew Stafford? Well, where's it going here? So I guess when I look at when I look at the lines, when this one's a little bit more difficult. Uh, when when Matt Patricia was was hired, it was a little bit more easier because they had Quinn over there as a general manager who was a Patriots guy. 
So knowing that and just kind of looking at some of the names out there, guys who have been interviewed, I, I can't see them going with a with a retread. Uh, they just went defense, so you think, okay, they're going to go uh, an, an offensive-minded head coach. Um, I think, you know what, just kind of with the with the process of of elimination that's going on right now, well, when you're looking at it across the board, I think it might be, I think it might be Eric Bieniemy. No, it's either Eric Bieniemy or Arthur Smith. Um, I'll go Eric Bieniemy just because it's a it's kind of a surprise one. You know, maybe not a lot of people t- kind of talking about. It. I'm gonna go Eric Bieniemy in, in with Detroit. Because in Atlanta, I'll go with Arthur Smith, uh, the offensive coordinator for the for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll go with Arthur Smith there. Although I could see those two flip flopped, right? I could see those two uh, definitely flip flopped at, at, at this point. Then I think the Houston Texans situation is just a mess. Uh, now you got Deshaun Watson, who's really upset. Andre Johnson just tweeted saying that. Andre or uh, uh, Deshaun Watson should stand his ground uh, with some of his frustration, which is noteworthy. I mean, on the surface, it's probably like, oh, okay, well, what, what's the big deal on that? You know, it's it's Andre Johnson, former player, uh, supporting Deshaun Watson. The, the the part where it's interesting in this whole thing is that Andre Johnson was uh, a part of a group, or was supposed to be a part of a group that Cal McNair, the owner, put together to find their next head coach, and so. I think there's more to the story that's not out there. So if that's true, and now he's saying Deshaun Watson should hold his ground and and or stand his ground and, and be upset and maybe try to force his way out there, uh, it, it's a little it, it's a little eye opening. It, it really is. So I, this Texans one is it's a mess, guys. It really is, and I wonder how many coaches it's it, it's potentially turning off uh, at this point. So, I mean, you got Deshaun Watson. You, you're probably going to go out there. You want to try to find a coach that they'll really utilize Deshaun Watson. So I think you're going to see another offensive-minded head coach there. Um, I, I know Joe Brady interviewed. He's a young coordinator, spent some time with LSU, but first year with Carolina Panthers this year. But I think for, for Houston, this is just me, but I think if Houston wants to save face, and really try to improve their their image amongst their players. I don't see it happening, but I would hire Jim Caldwell if you really want to, you know, kind of pacify your quarterback and and bring in an established, you know, uh, coach that brings in a lot of respect. That's who I would bring in. I don't know if they're going to though. So, but that would be my match. That would be my match, just because I, I I don't know if. If that's gonna and that and the Jim Caldwell interview was was before the, they brought in their new general manager too. So other you know if I had to throw in another one, you know you got the guy from New England coming in Nick Cassery Cassero Cassero uh, their general manager. I'm trying to think if there's another New England connection. The Josh McDaniels one has been pretty quiet and you haven't really heard his name mentioned anywhere uh, at, at this point. So. Um, I, I know they, they've got a couple of Ravens potential uh, matchups there too, but I, I still th- I'm I'm gonna go with Jim Caldwell just because I think that's that's a move you almost have to make. I just don't know if uh, if their new GM wants to build that one or if he wants to hire that one. I, I feel like he's gonna want to hire his own young coach or his first time head coach to to pair with them. But 
Houston really needs to save face with, with some of their stuff going on right now. That's for sure. Uh, and then you've got uh, – so we did the Jets. We did the Lions. We did the Falcons. We got the Eagles now, right? We, we've got the Eagles out there. Um, so I'm looking at the Eagles, and this is another mess of a situation. I think the Eagles and the Texans are – Two of the messiest situations. And and Houston was already a messy situation when you don't have any first-round draft picks at this point. But now you got the Eagles that are in a a cap hell. Uh, You've got a quarterback situation there. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. I mean, when Doug Peterson was let go, it was kind of assumed that, okay, well, they they picked Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. But now there's reports that they tried to reach out to Lincoln Riley, which means – Okay, that would be a Jalen Hurts signal because that's his former college coach. So it, it's a weird situation going on over there. Um, you know, and then you got other people kind of connecting dots. Well, maybe they'll pick another guy from the Andy Reid tree. It, it, it's all over the place right now. It's all over the place. So you're looking at this and you're like, okay, you, you've got a messy quarterback situation. You, you're probably looking for, I would have to imagine, a coach with, with some offensive skills or an offensive background, a quarterback background, if you will. And I know there's Mike Kafka, the the talk about the Kansas City uh, quarterbacks coach. I mean, Philly, first of all, you you move on from Andy Reid for the longest time, and then you're just like plucking from his tree branches. I mean, you had a little honeymoon shortstop with Chip Kelly, then you went with Doug Peterson, and now you're potentially going to look at Eric Biennemi and and, and Kafka and all that. So, I mean, if if I'm Philly – I'm looking at potentially some offensive-minded head coaches, offensive-minded coaches out there to help you out. Um, But, I mean, if they want to kind of – would they want to go back to the Andy Reid tree, knowing that they just moved on from Doug Peterson? What is Doug Peterson going to say to to, uh, some of those candidates out there? So I guess when I look at it, I think that my match for the Philadelphia Eagles would be – I'm actually going to go out of uh, right field on this one and think of a defensive coordinator. I'm going to go with Todd Bowles. Uh, I think I'm going to go with either. It's either Todd Bowles or nah, okay. Now see, I'm talking myself out of it now, guys. I, you know what? I'm going to go Greg Roman. How about that? I'm going to go Greg Roman. Uh, I'm switching it up, people. I'm switching it up. I'm going to go with Greg Roman on this one uh, because I think you have to go with an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, I know the Ravens' offense regressed for, from last year there a little bit. But I think if you go with Greg Roman, you're going to go with Jalen Hurts as your uh, as your quarterback. So I'm going to go with an off-the-wall type of hire. I'll go with Greg Roman with, with the Baltimore Ravens. And then we still got a couple openings here. Um, you got the Chargers. I think this one has Brian Dabble written all over it. I think that's Brian Dabble's job if he wants it. I love the pairing uh, with him and Justin Herbert and what, uh, what Dabble's been able to do with, the, uh, with, with uh, Josh Allen over there in Buffalo. So this to me, I think if you're the Chargers, and as soon as Brian Dabble's available, you sign him, you hire him, you get the d- job done. And then we got Jacksonville here, which is probably the most intriguing one. Urban Meyer, is he going to go? Is he not going to go? Is he going to take the job? Is he not going to take the job? Um, you know, I, I'm looking at some, my list of candidates here that have been rumored for, for, some, uh, uh, for some head coaching jobs here. But I, I'd like... Eberflus, uh, uh the defensive coordinator from the Colts, I feel like he's done enough in the last couple of years, probably even more so has done enough, that he deserves to be a head coach. He deserves to be a head coach. Um, 
I just I don't know with with the last opening that's available if he would be that if if that's going to be a Jacksonville fit. I I just don't know, but I feel like okay they got the number one quarterback or the number one pick. It's going to be a quarterback. You're probably thinking okay let's let's go after it and get an offensive minded coach. Maybe they try to hire Joe Brady. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a young hire like that. So if it's not Urban Meyer, I'm maybe looking at a Joe Brady and maybe a wild card of Matt, uh, the defensive coordinator from the uh, from from the Colts there. Otherwise, Everfliss could be attached to uh, I would say like maybe Philly, and then you got uh, you got Todd Bowles hanging around there too, who's getting some interviews. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets uh, if he gets gets a job again. But to kind of sum it up for Professor Football Dick, I know it's kind of all over the place because I keep talking myself out of some of these predictions. But uh, the Chargers, Brian Dabble, uh, that, that to me was the easiest match. I think that's just a match made in heaven. We just went through the Jacksonville one. If it's not Urban Meyer, then would they go Joe Brady with a young offensive-minded coordinator to, to pair up with Trevor Lawrence if that's what the pick's going to be? Or maybe they go uh, defense, uh, defense, and then they go with maybe an established offensive coordinator or something like that. But if they go defense, maybe they can convince Todd Bowles uh, to move from Tampa to Jacksonville, otherwise, uh, uh, Eberfless from uh, the defensive coordinator from the Colts. Jets, I am going to go. Uh, what was the the Jets one? My prediction for for the New York Jets for the head coaching. I think it's Robert Sala. Uh, I think the Jets now that they they've got him for a second interview. I don't know if they'll let him go. Atlanta, I'm going to go with Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Detroit Lions for this one, I'm kind of going with a wild card in this, and Eric Bieniemy. Um, and then the Houston Texans, I think, is just a complete mess right now. I think they need to hire Jim Caldwell. I don't know if they do. If they don't hire Jim Caldwell, and then maybe they look at uh, like Everfless, uh, but Everfless de- declined uh, an opportunity to interview them. Maybe, maybe they look at a guy like uh, uh, Todd Bowles then or something like that. So. Uh, that's my predictions. I'll probably be wrong on every single one of them, but uh, that's that's what I got right now. That's what I'm feeling. I'm not confident in them. The only one I'm really confident in is probably the Chargers one because I want to see that one happen because I just think that is a perfect match made, and I, I, I think Houston really just needs to go after the call ball, although I don't think they'll, they'll be smart enough to do that. So, uh, But that's that's my predictions for this segment of Professor Football Dick. That's going to do it, though, for this week's episode. I should say part one of this week's episode of the Man K Football Podcast because we are doing it uh, two days. I'm going to start to do the podcast uh, two-day version, two days a week. Uh, but big thanks for all of you tuning in. Subscribe to our podcast. Hey, so there's a couple different ways you can listen to the podcast, okay? If you want to check out the the podcast with all the music, you know, we got some NFL films music, some other cool music attached to it. If you want to check that out and get the full feel of the Man Cave Football Podcast, you got to listen to it on Spotify, okay? Find us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. If you don't care about that? Well, then you can check it out on the other podcasting platforms, including at uh, at sportstalk1051.com. You can check it out there without uh, the music if you want to do it that way. So, uh, But, uh, hey, part one's done. We're going to kind of take a look at uh, – some other topics a little bit later on this week as we head into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. For the Man Cave Football Podcast, I'm Dan Casper.